0: And they're, they're amazed, they're filled and they praise God, they're filled with awe and it says, after this and I don't know if it's exactly then but soon after, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others, I love that, and others, <laughs> were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. <clears throat> Why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners <clears throat> Jesus obviously overheard this and said, Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yes. How do you feel about the car salesman? I don't think <laughs> there's car salesman in eh? here. <laughs> How do you feel when you you kind of get this sense that you're being taken for a ride? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the, the, the crooked or corrupt mechanic? That you go in there thinking you just need a tune-up, and he comes away and says, you know what, you need this, 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 this. Yeah. Or, or, or your, your furnace, the HVAC guy, and, and you think, oh, I just need, and all of a sudden you need, everything needs replacing. How do we feel about that? How do we feel about being, about being kind of, the term police, taken advantage of? It? We hate that. We don't like being around people that, that we know will take advantage of us. But that is what the tax collector, and even more, the impression that people had around the tax collector. The tax collector was synonymous with the lowest, the lowlife of society. The most despised, the most hated, They they were categorized with the robber, the murderer, the prostitute, and the publican, the tax collector. They are all used in the same sentence. It summarized all that was corrupt, all that was was despised by the Jews. They worked for this heathen, Gentile government, worked for a king, Herod, who had no rights to the the, the throne of David. And if you remember Herod at the birth of Jesus, what does he do? Thirty years earlier, he is the one who says, every male child two years and under, I want you to kill. This is also the Herod who destroyed the public registry of the genealogy of the Jews in the temple. Now, how do you think you feel towards Herod if you are a Jew. Now how do you think you feel towards this tax collector who in fact is stopping you on the road and asking you to give taxes to to this guy, Herod?
1: It's
0: much more than just the car salesman. It's a little deeper. There is bitter hatred. There is bitter resentment. There was a lot of taxation that went on to the Jew. There was the ground tax, what we call income tax. There were toll taxes, and that's what in fact uh, Matthew or Levi would have been doing here. He's sitting at a toll booth. The taxpayer would set up a booth, usually at one of the most the most busy of the roads. The trade routes, and Capernaum was one of the most Busy trade routes that connected all the kind of the, that Middle East section. <laughs> and so Levi is setting up his booth. And they would stop people, and it would be very arbitrary. And you didn't even know what you would be charged. You didn't even know what you would be taxed. <laughs> and you could. They would force you to unload all of your supplies. Have you ever gone through immigration? I'm Canadian. I've gone through immigration, and every once in a while, when you cross the border, it's it's arbitrary. You always say, "Can you please pull over there?" And they will they will take you aside. They will unpack everything that you have in your car, and they will look through it. Well, the tax collector could do that to anyone as he pleased at any time and look through everything and say, aha, that's something that I think needs to be taxed. They were great at manipulating. They were great at bartering. They would set a high price and perhaps you would say, no, no, no way. And then he'd come down to the low price you thought was a low price. But he had you. You had no recourse. And what if you couldn't pay? And this is really where the tax collector really got you.
1: Because
0: he could say, Clay, you don't have money to pay for for this toll tax? That's okay. I've got you covered, Clay. I'll I'll pay your tax for you, but with 30% interest. 40% interest. I don't know what the interest rates were, but they, they were quite high. And it was not uncommon for people at times to go into such debt that they could no longer, they they basically had to sell themselves into slavery. And there were signs on the doors of many of of, of, the Jewish people that would be an autograph on, that would say that this this person is, is, is a slave to such and such. In Colossians 2, it's a really cool thing. In Colossians 2, he talks about that the, the written code was canceled. Jesus canceled the written code. That is symbolic of the fact that Jesus cancels that code of slavery mm-hmm. by his death on the cross. That's just some information I'm, I'm kind of throwing in, in for you. But it's cool that that, that Jesus cancels that. Yeah. And many of them would have, would have had that, that autograph on. And think about Think about what you thought about the tax collectors. How far from God they were. <coughs> the worst of the worst. The outcast in Jewish society despised. He had no community. No people that he belonged to except his <coughs> own peers. And so Jesus comes by and sees Levi at his booth. And the word to see means to gaze intently with careful and deliberate vision, which examines and interprets its subject. So Jesus doesn't just simply come by and casually see Levi. He has looked. He has noticed. He has examined. And it may not have been the only time that Jesus has seen Levi sitting at his booth. Jesus would have come and gone on that, that tray route as well. But Jesus must have seen something in Levi. As he examined closely, as he looked at his heart. And what does he say? Follow me. Follow me. Akalatheo. Come walk with me. Let me be your teacher. Let me be your mentor. Let you you walk you you walk with me and I will show you how to live. I will show you what it means to be righteous. Again, I don't know what 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 Levi would have known about Jesus but Levi, his name is Matthew, so he wrote the the Gospel of Matthew. In his account of all of this, it says news about Jesus spread all over Judea, the countryside, and he mentions all of these different areas. So, Levi would have known about Jesus. It it would have been, you can imagine the trade routes, he would have heard about him. But I don't know exactly what he would have believed. But what did he do? He got up, Mm -hmm. he left everything, and followed him. I don't know if that meant he he just walked off and left his booth right there. Mm -hmm. And what does he do? How grateful, how, how grateful is he? He throws a big party. He throws a big banquet. It was a big deal to him. Somehow, someway, what he knew about Jesus. And when Jesus says, follow me, this was a big deal. It was huge. It was transformational. And I'm going to throw a party. I am so grateful. You ever been to a, an Italian or Greek wedding? or, or they're, they're a big deal. <laughs> Full 10-course meals. And in these days, that's exactly what would have happened would have had a host which would have been Levi. And you would have had a a, a guest of honor which would have been Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would have invited all of your all of your guests, all of the people that you wanted to, to, to see this Jesus, this guest of honor, and, and hopefully have have them have a, a chance to meet him and, and be impacted by him. The dialogue during a banquet was huge. It, it, the, the discussions that, that would be taking place as you had dinner. It, it, and it's true of us today. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you love? I mean, Joyce and I, just, one of the, the things that we love to do is we lo- that's we love to have people in our home and we it's so great just to kind of casually talk. And it's amazing how deep conversations go over dinner. Yeah. Maybe it's the food. <laughs> And it is. I love to eat. But, but dinner just has a way of kind of letting down all of us, you know, and, and, and we share our lives. Yeah. It's really indicative of, of what would happen during these banquets in their day. He throws a huge hearty. It was loud. There was music. There there and they, they would have they would have musicians come sometimes to these to these big banquets. There's lots of discussion. Again, Jesus is the guest of honor. Large crowd of tax collectors and others. I love that term. Others. I don't know who they were, but I'm sure they were the ones that would often be kind of tagged along with the tax collectors and sinners. The robbers, you know, who knows? The prostitutes. I don't know who Levi would have known, but he would have invited any of his kind of his friends. They certainly weren't the Pharisees. Right. They certainly wouldn't have been the religious. They would have been his peer group. And Jesus is right in the middle of it all. That's right. <laughs> then we have the Pharisees, the separated ones. The ones who who stand, they're not even at the banquet. They're standing outside the banquet. They're listening to all of the partying going on, all of the noise, all of the banquet. And, and then they're like, they, they catch some of the disciples' attention. Guys, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what, what's Jesus doing? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, why are you hanging around with... with this crowd. They're, they're, they're tax collectors. You know, tax, they're they're sinners. And it's it's the Pharisees who come up with the, the term sinner. The, the, the brand. Jesus must have overheard all of this in the dialogue. And that's when he says, Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. This is an amazing, an amazing story. I don't know if you were around when Ed, uh, Anton did this, but if you take a slingshot, a slingshot is really, and how far something, an object will go depends on how far we pull the, the, the slingshot back, right? If you pull a slingshot back just a little bit, it only goes a little distance. If you pull and you yank back on it, it, it will it'll go a far a far distance. When we were kids, we used to shoot. We we would, we would fly kites typically in kind of the spring, you know. And, and uh, we we tie our kites up and the kites would be up there, and we all take our slingshots and shoot down the other person's kite. <laughs> And some of us would get, you know, and this, you may not relate to this anymore, but, this, this, but bonkers. You know what bonkers are? We used to call them bonkers. They're the big marbles, the big ones. So if some of us would get the big marbles, we'd yank on them and, and we could take down the kite in a few shots. But you had to, you had to pull down this one. We were trying to get that kite way, way up there. In order to hit it, you had to really, really crank on it. Well, what's my point? today really is a lesson of the slingshot. When we see our need for God and how deeply we see our need for God that will transform our lives. We will repent to the depth that we see our need for God. We will follow Jesus to the extent that we see our need for God and our sick. I will repent to the depth that I see my sin. I see it a little, I will repent little. I see it a lot, I will repent a lot. (laughs) Levi was a taker. Levi was a crook. Levi was a cheater. He was ruthless. He was heartless. He would do whatever it takes. That was his motto. It is more blessed to take than it is to give. But it's amazing that Levi becomes the giver. Hmm. Levi becomes the one who throws the party and celebrates. It is more blessed to give than to receive. He repents because he saw his need for God. Levi's heart was somewhat descriptive of his name. If you remember in the Old Testament, one of the sons of Jacob was named Levi. The son of Leah, the unloved wife of Jacob. When she gives birth to her son, she names him Levi in hopes that this child would win the affection of her husband. And Levi's name means attached or joiner. And so I believe Levi, it's descriptive of what Levi really longed for, to belong, to be attached to something. But he couldn't. He couldn't be attached to to anything Jewish. He couldn't go to church or the synagogue. He couldn't have relationships with anyone who claimed to be a Jew. He was unclean. He was constantly around the Gentiles, and he worked for the Gentiles. He belonged to no one, no place, no society, no community. He was all alone. And I'm sure he longed to belong somewhere. He was an outcast. But deep inside, when he heard about Jesus, something stirred his heart. Could he belong? Would he be accepted? Could he be forgiven? Perhaps he heard about the things that had happened and the forgiveness that this paralytic had experienced. And could he be forgiven of all of the things that he had done, all of the ways he had cheated people? Could he, this one who was despised, really, really experience the grace of God? He knew something was missing. But when Jesus says, follow me, what does he do? He jumps at it. He says, this is my chance. He saw his sin. He saw that he was sick. He saw that he was in need of healing. How about you? How about me? We have the Pharisees here. So close to Jesus, but yet so far. They're around Jesus when the, when the, the paralytic is lowered. They're, they're the ones that are gathered around him, but they don't understand. They can't comprehend Jesus. They can't see him. They're outside of, of this, this great banquet. They're close, but yet so far from him. And that is so descriptive of our religious worlds. But that can also be so descriptive of us today. So close. You're here. You're around Jesus. You're with Jesus. But if Jesus saw you and examined your heart right here at this moment, what would he see of you? As he looks at you, what does he see? As he examines you, what does he see? Mm -hmm. That we can be so close and yet so far. How do we see ourselves? It's easy when we become a Christian, as we sit down and study the Bible. And think back and you remember, as you kind of went through things, that you could identify that you were sick, mm. that you, you needed healing.
1: Yeah.
0: As you sat down and looked at the, 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 kind of the, the, the sins described in the Bible, <coughs> and you go, wow, that's, that, that's me. It's easy to identify ourselves as being sick then, but what about now? It's easy because we, it, our, our sin is obvious. Right. You know, we go to the parties. We are impure. We are immoral. We do gossip. We, 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 we you know, we're, we're, we get drunk. We do all of these things, and then we change. We stop doing those things. But here's my question. Is sin still a part of your life? <laughs> obvious, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but perhaps not so. It's obvious, I think none of us here this morning would dare say that we don't sin. None of us would. But the way we treat that sin really does betray our own hearts in the fact that we don't see ourselves as sick. And I stopped doing those things. But my selfishness, which used to kind of be manifested in other ways of my life, and and, and all of the outward things, and the partying, and get, 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 and and how I it's it's more subtle now. It's more respectable now. It's more refined now. I I, I, I would never just get, 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 get. But I'll sit at home perhaps, or you'll sit at home perhaps, in front of the TV and just feel like you just need to get to, to relax and chill. We deserve a break. We, we, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but we've got to be honest with our hearts. Are we selfish? Yeah. Our sin becomes more refined. We come home from work and we deserve a break. We don't want to serve our spouses. We come home from school and we are immersed in the computer or our cell phones and our texting and we don't interact with the family. We don't help weak disciples. Again, the tricky thing is our sin becomes more subtle, more refined, more respectable, less sick. And we compare ourselves with the sickness of others. I don't know how many of you go to the gym. It's like going to the gym and you look around. And guys, let's just admit that we you know we kind of look around and go, okay, how do I kind of stack up in the gym here? <laughs> That guy obviously works out, but he must not have anything else to do, but he just he just works out. I, I, that's all he does. I'm too busy for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing more noble things. So. Yeah. <laughs> then if I look, if I look long enough, I'll go, ah!
1: <laughs>
0: I found the one person that I I I'm in better shape than. funny but it's true of us here I can do it and I don't think I am any different than you the tricky thing is I'm a minister so I can think I'm doing a lot of good things but as my sin become respectable God wants us to be honest. Yeah. Amen. What I love about Levi is I, I think he's just completely gut level honest. You know what, Jesus? Follow me. Okay. This is, this is my chance. This is my fresh start in life. Amen. But we can't if we're, if we're healthy in our own eyes. We are still sinful, and we still are sick, but have we forgotten it? What if all of your actions, all of your thoughts, all of your motives were flashed up on the screen from this week, and everyone else saw it? Now, how well are you? Again, let's be honest. Oh, I've not sinned this week, really. really, really. Okay, let's show, let's show let's show the real here. You've not thought anything ill. You've not thought anything bad when you're driving. I'm sure on driving alone, women can pick us. <laughs> or at least me. <laughs> See what I'm saying? But somehow we forget the fact that we... And so we, we just kind of pull back on the... Oh, just a little bit. And Levi yanked on that thing. In my own eyes? Am mm-hmm. I yeah. still following Jesus with aquilatheo? This mindset that I will do anything, leave behind everything because I still need healing in my life.
1: Come
0: on, John. The Bible tells us that when we repent, there's times of refreshing. It's not more obvious than what Levi does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am so grateful. I am going to throw a party. <laughs> Everyone is going to come. And here's where it gets convicting not that it hasn't already. <laughs> <laughs> when we don't see ourselves as sick, but we see ourselves as good, we see the world around us as good, and we do not share with a world that is sick. Wow. When I don't see myself as sick but as good, I look around the world and I see it as good and not sick. And therefore, I don't throw parties. I don't invite people to the banquet. I'm not sharing what Jesus has done in my life because I'm good. And I see others as good, maybe needing some tweaking. But when I see myself as sick, I see the world as sick. And therefore now my mindset changes. I've got to share. It's their only hope. I've got to share. Look at what God has done in my life. And perhaps we don't share because, again, going back to the one point, we're not really changing because we're just kind of weakly, mildly pulling on the on the slingshot. When Jesus goes, you pull this back, you will change. You will be transformed. Then you'll be able to share with, with conviction. Yeah. Good. Good job. What parties and banquets are you throwing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I will follow, and this is This whole idea of the slingshot again. I will follow Jesus to the extent I see my need. Mm -hmm. Levi changed the whole course of his life because he saw his need for healing and forgiveness. He wanted a cure. He gave up everything. You know, he gave up much more then many of the other 12, hmm. Peter and Andrew, the fisherman, they left their nets and followed him, but they could go back. Right. Yeah. They could go back to fishing. Yeah. When Levi gave up tax collecting, he gave it all up. Yeah. Right. He couldn't go back. There was no going back. It, it, it was, you walk away from this. He was all in. He was banking on Jesus and Jesus alone. Because if he failed with Jesus, he failed totally. There is no way. What Jew is going to welcome you into? You want to come into the family business? No way. What did Jesus do your No way. He, his life was over. He had much more to give up than many of the others. I don't think he ever forgot that.
1: Mm.
0: It's funny, in in Matthew's gospel, when he recalls the story, the same story, he recalls the fact, he says that Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I don't think that Matthew ever forgot, or Levi ever forgot, that Jesus had given him mercy. Mm. Mm. And that's why he followed Only when I see myself as sick will I sell out with no limits. No cost is too great. But when I'm a little sick, when I need a little tweaking, I often have low standards for my discipleship. I draw lines and make conditions. I rationalize away my following. And again, I look around at others and compare myself to them you see the worth of something, we'll make the changes. If you see it as cheap, you'll live cheaply. When you see it as something of value, you'll do it. Again, when we became Christians, most of us never had to be told to study our Bibles because we thought... I just have to do this. Right. Right. How about now? Is your attitude I just I just have to do this? Or is it I just have to do this? No, I just have to do this. How sick are you? It will show how, how much you're willing to pick up this. Jesus had called him to be. He threw another party all in the same one, a farewell party. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm no longer a tax collector. And I want you to know that. I'm giving this up for Jesus. And he threw an evangelistic party. (laughs) Guys, I'm giving all this up. I want you to come. You've got to see this Jesus. You've got to be around him. He will change your life. Yes, you, a tax collector. You don't belong to anyone. Yes, you. Yeah, but, but I'm so sinful. Yes, you. He threw an evangelistic party for all of his friends to enjoy Jesus. Wow. Oh, God. <clears throat> you know, as we think through, if you're studying the Bible, <clears throat> that's some challenges for you. How do you? really see yourself today. In need of tweaking <coughs> or complete healing. That will determine how you approach your study of the Bible and how desirous you are to be well and right with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether you will be like Levi when it's all in. If, if people challenge you on the scriptures and you're kind of like, well... You don't see your need. I want to challenge you to get up and leave everything. Again, I don't know what Matthew or Levi knew at the time, but he knew enough to get up and leave everything. How about you if you're studying the Bible? You're called to follow Jesus right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Will you make that decision? Well, I don't make that decision. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only decision, in fact, Jesus calls us to be, to do all in. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through tons of scriptures later on in Luke. The fact that hey, his discipleship, Jesus' discipleship and call is very clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's me and yeah. me only and yeah. you don't look back. It is straightforward and that is all. Yeah. Yeah. How about you if you're studying the Bible? Is it straightforward and that is it? Or are you still looking back? How about us as disciples? Okay. Have you forgotten that the call is for you still today? Yeah. Ask yourself, if Jesus were to walk with you, what would he see? What would he notice? What would he examine? Is there areas of your life that you've drawn lines? Drawn lines with sin, commitments, areas that you're no longer serious about? Talk with someone. Get with someone. Make the turn. I need to see myself. You need to see yourself. It's. I still need Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My refined sin. I am still sick. Mm -hmm. I need a Savior. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Levi ultimately gave his life for his Lord. Mm -hmm. Around 66 A.D. A little before that, he's called to go to Ethiopia you remember in the book of Acts there is a certain Ethiopian right. gets met and gets converted to Jesus and he goes back to his country and the church actually becomes quite quite strong but it also becomes there's intense persecution and so Levi is dragged before this king. And he's stretched out on the ground, and spears are driven through his hands and his feet, and he is beheaded. That is what, G- what Levi, that's how much he followed. Did Jesus mean to really give it all up? Yes, he did. Matthew thought so. (coughs) Levi, same guy, when Levi responded to Jesus' call, (coughs) you know, it's interesting, the name Levi, he'll, he'll refer to Matthew, which means a gift from God. That's repentance. You go from this joiner, you go from this attached, wanting attachment, Levi, which is symbolic of your name, to a gift from God. <coughs> I refer to him now as Matthew. Matthew was attached to the Messiah. He belonged to the Lord's community. No matter where that would ultimately lead him, We don't know the end of our story. (laughs) Probably most of us will never be dragged before a king and and speared (laughs) to the ground and beheaded. Probably not. But how will we live? How will we be changed? How will we be grateful? How will Jesus shape your life this week? How will you, like Matthew, be a gift of God to those around you? How will you, this week, today, like Levi, go from a, and be a giver and not a taker? What an amazing story this is. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's a story about you and about me. Will you and I be like Levi? Mm -hmm. Will you and I be a gracious gift of God to those around us? Mm -hmm. Amen?